You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. So God made it evident that salvation doesn't need any other requirements except faith and grace alone. All right. So Peter says God made it very evident. God filled them with the Spirit before baptism, before circumcision, before they kept any laws. He filled them. And then Peter said something unexpected in that passage. He said the old covenant, the old Jewish law, is a drag. Do you sometimes think or feel like the free gift of salvation is just too good to be true? That there's got to be a catch somewhere that says that you owe something or that you need to be doing more of something or less of something else. Well, that's certainly the way most things in the world work around us. But that's what sets being a Christian apart from everything else. It doesn't cost us anything. All God wants is our trust. Today in his message, Pastor Dion points us to this amazing free gift that's just there for the taking. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 15 as he continues his message, New and Better Covenant. And the passages we're going to read, they don't tell us, but the praise from the church in Antioch reached all the way to Jerusalem. And Peter decided to go down with a few friends to celebrate with them. So here is Peter up in Jerusalem. He hears about what God has done through Paul and Barnabas in opening a door of the Gentiles. He hears the church is just ecstatic. And he says, I want in on that. How many of you want in on what God's doing, right? So Peter goes all the way down to Antioch and he's just he's enjoying that with them. So listen. The blessing of free salvation caused joyful praise among the Gentiles. But, you're always waiting for that other shoe to drop, right? It caused jealous protest amongst the Jews. The Gentiles were celebrating that God, God's new covenant, and that they were recipients of it. But the Jews were in Jealous protest. Let's read verse 1, chapter 15. Here's what it says. And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. So here's a bunch of Gentiles celebrating that God saves them by grace and faith alone, right? They're celebrating. God has opened a door to the Gentiles. This message is blossoming. And all of a sudden, some guys from Jerusalem come down. And they say something different. See, salvation by grace and faith for Gentiles seemed unfair to the Jews. Everybody say the word unfair. See, the Jews had lived by the law of Moses for centuries. They had followed rituals and ceremonies and commandments and had circumcision. 
And for these Gentile heathens to get a bypass into God's favor is unacceptable. You guys get it? They're like, what? Here we are, we've been slaving and striving and, and really at it. And then, you know, God just decides to just give them like a free pass? That's what they're saying. It's unacceptable. So some of the Christian Jews from Jerusalem started a group. You know, not sitting bull, but they started a group of spreading bull, like I say. They insisted... You need to send, those, you need to send a, a whole pallet of Depends up there to Jerusalem because all the poop they're doing up there. All the poop they're spreading. So, so here's what happens. These guys from Jerusalem start insisting that before Gentiles could be saved, they had to conform to Judaism. They had to conform to the Jewish religion or rules and regulations. No, no, they just can't get a free pass. No, put the brakes on that. They need to go through the, to the strides. They need to go through the, you know, the stuff that we've gone through. There are still religious organizations that add to the requirement of salvation. There still are. They insist you need Jesus plus baptism. You need Jesus plus the sacraments. They say you need faith plus a particular fashion. You can't wear pants. You can't wear makeup. You can't have piercings. You can't do this. You can't do that. Some churches still believe that they preach. They preach that you need faith plus a particular diet. You can't eat this food and you can't eat that food and you can't eat those foods mixed. They say that you need Jesus plus a particular practice. You need to go to church on these days and not on that day. Alright? And if you don't do it their way, you're not saved. There are still churches and organizations that are like that. Doing exactly what was done then in this passage that we're reading. Well, Paul called that, those churches, those organizations, those guys, that message. Paul called that a different gospel. Said a lot of what? A different gospel. He called it false, dangerous, perverted. Twisted. Everybody said, what? Twisted. That's what he called it. Twisted. Here's the verse, Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6. He said, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Eventually, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. He was talking about these very guys who were imposing their Jewish beliefs on the Gentile Christians. You can't be saved unless you need Jesus, but you need to be circumcised. You need Jesus. He's the only way. But you also need to be this. You need to follow the law of Moses. You guys got it? So when these Jewish Christians, you know, Paul called it a different gospel. So when these Jewish Christians came down to Jerusalem and started imposing their views, 
The Gentiles need to be circumcised and follow the Jewish law in order to be saved. Well, Paul and Barnabas defended the gospel. They said, we live under a new covenant. Salvation is now by grace and faith alone. They told that group, you guys are like those Hebrews in the Old Testament who want to go back to Egypt. Remember them? Oh, let's, just, let's just go back to Egypt. No, it's a new thing. There's freedom now. And now, now there's freedom in Christ. Why do you want to go back to Egypt? Here's what Paul told them. Here's what it said. Verse 2, Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, so these guys come, start imposing their views, telling a, preaching a different gospel. And the debate, Paul, Paul and Barnabas jumped in and the debate got heated. I mean, with some holy coraje. Red faces, clenched fists, you know, raised voices. Some of you may wonder if this is acceptable Christian behavior. Well, Jesus got heated when the religious leaders turned his father's house into a den of thieves. He made a whip and chased them out while quoting Scripture. Listen, Jesus doesn't like people changing or twisting what God established. How we get saved is not negotiable. I'm going to say that again. How we get saved is not negotiable. It's established. It's finished. It's complete. It's done. Grace and faith alone. Say it out loud. Grace and faith alone. And Paul held on to that. He held to that. When it comes to salvation, we have to hold to that. We can't wimp out like Peter did. Peter wimped out? Oh yeah. See, the author of Acts doesn't record it, but Peter punked out before the debate. Alright? When these guys came down and the debate started, Peter punked out. He was like Moses rose at the Alamo. He punked out. See, remember Peter had come down to Antioch and was celebrating that God had opened a door to the Gentiles? And there he was hanging with the Gentiles, fellowshipping with the Gentiles. But the minute that the Jewish legalists showed up, Peter changed. He stopped hanging with the Gentiles. He distanced and disconnected himself. He started acting all kosher and everything. Well, Paul called him out on it. Here's the statement, Galatians chapter 2, Paul tells us about it. Verse 11, But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was, was wrong. And when he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile Christians who were not circumcised. But afterwards, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish Christians followed Peter's hypocrisy and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. 
So Paul told Peter. Paul called Peter out on it. He told Peter and the rest of his chameleon friends, he said, dudes, you still have bacon in your teeth, bro. You still have chicharrones in your beard. And now you're acting all santito, you know, all kosher. You have more faces than Mount Rushmore, Peter. In fact, Paul made a new name tag for Peter that day. Here it is. He was called what? Hypocrite. Got a new name for you, Peter. Hypocrite. Well, guys, for most people, those are fighting words. But when Paul calls him a hypocrite, we don't hear nothing from that old hothead Peter. You know, who used to swing first and ask questions later. Who used to have a concealed, you know, permit and pull out his weapon and, you know, strike it. Nothing now. He doesn't do anything. Paul calls him a hypocrite to his face. Peter does nothing. Maybe because he knew it was true. Because the debate continued between Barnabas and Paul and, and those guys from Jerusalem, and, and it wouldn't stop, there wasn't any resolution, it was suggested that they take the debate to the mother church in Jerusalem. Alright, let's, let's just take this to the mother church up in Jerusalem, where James was the man in charge. James was the senior pastor of the church in Jerusalem. Now, I know we were led to believe that Peter was the first pope, but it wasn't Peter. It was this guy, James, who was Jesus' brother. Yes, you heard correctly. Another shocker, I know. But Mary wasn't a perpetual virgin. Mary and Joseph had other children after Jesus. Here are the verses. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 46. As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, His mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to Him. Someone told Jesus, Your mother and your brothers are outside and they want to speak to you. And then in Mark chapter 6 and verse 2, And when the Sabbath had come, He began to teach in the synagogue. Talking about Jesus. And many hearing Him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to Him, that such mighty works are performed by His hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are His sisters not here with us? You guys got that? So James is the senior pastor of the mother church in Jerusalem. And they're going to take this debate about how we get saved to the church up there and its leaders, the rest of the apostles. Well, see, James, who was a brother of Jesus, had become a believer sometime after Jesus' resurrection. And he had become the lead pastor of the church in Jerusalem. James and the other apostles gathered to clear up the debate about how we get saved. Now, we won't have time for me to read the rest of the chapter. So I'm going to summarize what happened. Is that okay? Here's what took place. It's a big meeting. The apostles and James are there. They're all going to listen to this debate. And they have to weigh in 
to what is truth and what is false. Well, the ones that started were the Jewish legalists. Those guys that wanted everybody to follow the, Mo the Mosaic law and be circumcised. They were complaining and arguing against salvation by grace and faith for Gentiles. Isn't that the way it is? Some people, they just complain because they don't want you to have it. You know, they preach law, but they want grace for themselves. So they're complaining. We don't want salvation by grace and faith for the Gentiles. They demanded the Gentiles follow the law and be circumcised. So they laid their case out. And then Peter decided to speak. Since he sided with the legalists back in Antioch by, you know, just acting like, you know, he was more Jewish than he was Gentile. They figured that he was going to take the Jewish legalist side when he got up to spoke. But here's what Peter said. Peter said, God made it perfectly clear that he saves Gentiles by grace without any other requirements. And he pointed to the case of Cornelius, where God arranged it for him to go down to a Roman centurion's home and preach to the whole family there. And before he could get the words out of his mouth, before he could finish the sermon, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended on all of those Gentiles and filled them with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues. You guys got it? And he said, so God made it evident that salvation doesn't need any other requirements except faith and grace alone. All right. So Peter says, God made it very evident. God filled them with the Spirit before baptism, before circumcision, before they kept any laws. He filled them. And then Peter said something unexpected in that passage. He said, the old covenant, the old Jewish law is a drag. He looked at everybody, all these Jews who had lived their whole life. And he said, you know what? Let's be honest. The old covenant, the old Jewish law, it's a drag, he said. It's a weight that no one can bear. He told them our fathers couldn't keep it. We haven't been able to keep it. Why would we try to make the Gentiles keep it? We have a new covenant. Give up the old one already. Give it up. That's what Peter said. And it was shocking. <gasps> no way. It was shocking to them. But that's what Peter said. He said, hey, listen. We're in a new covenant. Let's give up the old one already. Then finally, James spoke. James quoted a verse from the Old Testament book of Amos. So he got up and he said, gentlemen, he said, I want to read a passage of Scripture. So he read from the Old Testament book of Amos, where God quotes that he will save Gentiles with no strings attached. Isn't that cool? So he read it. And James says, I think that that's enough that needs to be said. James closed the meeting saying that God's Word is the final authority for spiritual life, conduct, and doctrine. And no matter what new teaching, new idea, or new philosophy rises, 
It must be filtered through the Word of God. So God's Word was the rule of thumb. And this was the conclusion. We live under a new covenant. Not under Moses, but under Jesus. Not under the law, but under grace. Our new covenant is a better covenant led by a better leader named Jesus and is established on better promises. Here's the verse. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6. But now Jesus... That means right now. Back then, no way. In the Old Testament, no way. But now. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far better than the old priesthood. For He is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. No work, no sweat, no blood, like circumcision, needed for salvation. Only believe. No penance, no working for the forget, nothing at all. Only believe. You don't have to be Jewish or Catholic or religious. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. His forgiveness and salvation is immediate. I love it. You don't have to wait anywhere after you die. Hoping, hoping, praying. Oh my gosh, somebody get me out of here. No, Jesus said, it is finished. And He paid for you to go all the way through. Isn't that awesome? It's immediate and eternal. It leaves no questions, no doubts, and no fears. And that's just the beginning of the bitter promises. Would you like to hear the rest? Next time. Now, if you're here and you haven't given your life to Christ, if you've been told that you had to do good or clean up your life before you could be saved, it was wrong. Jesus said, come as you are. Any man who comes to me, I will not turn away, Jesus said. So if that's you, I want to come to Christ. Not a religion, but a relationship. I want in on this new covenant. Let's pray out loud together as we do. Father, in Jesus' name, I've ignored You. I've run from You. I've even fought You. But today, today I surrender. I repent for my sin. And I turn to You. Wash me clean with your blood because I believe in you. I trust your salvation, not just for today, but forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're so glad you tuned in to today's edition of The Simple Truth. We pray that Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Acts has given you new insight into the early church and brought you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of The Simple Truth or hear additional messages, visit tmcalvary.com. 
You'll find them under the Sermons tab. You can even experience the video version of these teachings at our YouTube channel. Just follow the link and don't forget to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified as soon as we've uploaded new messages that we know will share Jesus' love and truth for your life. Find a link to our YouTube channel at our website. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to be involved in what we're doing here at The Simple Truth. We'd love for you to join us in praying for the people who will be listening to these broadcasts, who might even be hearing about Jesus for the first time. Would you pray that the Holy Spirit would open ears and soften hearts, and that lives would forever be changed? Would you also pray for Pastor Dion and the team here at The Simple Truth? Pray that we always keep our eyes on the Lord, and that we're courageous to follow wherever He leads. Would you also pray about financially supporting this ministry? Any and all amounts given are useful and greatly appreciated. You can find out more about how to give at tmcalvary.com. Just click on the Donate tab. Thanks again for praying, and thanks for joining us today, here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands, and together we stand. Together we stand.